0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to From the Lighthouse. This is Jimmy. We don't have Steph here today because she absolutely refused to talk about a childhood film of ours and now adapted into a series that we absolutely loved. So instead, I brought in my friend Kirsten. Hello, Kirsten. Hello.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: To talk about basically the Dark Crystal, uh, the new Netflix series, The Dark Crystal, The Age of Resistance. So I think maybe we can start with maybe the film first because we both have a shared love of the film, and and then look at what the series has done to the film, whether we enjoyed it, didn't enjoy it. We haven't talked too much about this, so it's going to be a bit of a surprise to both of us, I think, how we've reacted to to the actual series itself. Yeah,
1: we haven't had a chance to chat about it yet, so this is
0: it. (laughs) Exactly. So I really loved um, the film. So for me, the film was one of the defining films of my childhood mm. along with The NeverEnding Story which could explain Absolutely. a lot about my childhood <laughs> dark and twisted I call it but this one I always felt was darker than all the other um, films and shows that I used to love watching because there was just something really nightmarish about The Dark Crystal and I remember just being terrified by this entire film oh, yeah. and yet just addicted to it just couldn't stop watching this over <laughs> and over and over again and just being terrified of this extraordinary world that I knew nothing about um, and, you know, being very young at the time, I had no idea that it was completely created. I just thought it was part of some other universe out there that existed. You know, um, I didn't think Jim Henson sort of came up with this entire world. Uh, what what did you love about
1: the film? Um, much like you, it was a formative part of my childhood. Um, it was, uh, I th- yeah, it was made before I was born by a couple of years. So I, I sort of, from the moment I was starting to watch <laughs> things, it was there. I'm sure that's much the same for you. So yes. it was... Um, you know, my sisters and I had certain films on rotation and this was one of them never ending mm-hmm. the stories, with Mary Poppins Wizard of Oz. It was yes, like the classic yes. sort of fantasy set <laughs> yes, for children. And and I think you're right, this was absolutely one of the darkest um, if not the, if not the, the, the darkest, darkest well I've got to say Gmork um, in Neverending Story yes, the Wolf yes. and the nothing which is the very nothing. similar to the, the darkening that happens in yes that's true so yeah. there are some serious parallels going on with that classic 80s fantasy I know. approach why was it so dark back then
0: <laughs> 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 what was going on because you mean, I remember the 80s as being really bright and fun,
1: you know, and, yeah. you know, big hair, <laughs> <and> shoulders. <laughs> there's also, 80s is the heyday, though, of a lot of um, gothic and horror ah, film. Yes. So if you think about it, there's a, there's a lot yeah, there's American kind of American Werewolf this, in London. Exactly. Like, yes. There's just two sides to the 80s. Mm. Um, and so I think this kind of plays with both. We've got this yes. really... Colourful, beautiful world of the Gelflings, mm. um, particularly, and all the little creatures, the funny yes. creatures, the, the plants, yeah, the mystics, mm. and then you have the darkness of yes. And it's very much about that though, isn't it? That's the whole mythology behind it, mm. is that um, these beings that came to Thra in the first place, mm you know, played with the crystal, got split into two, and that was the light and the dark. Which I love. Yes. I I mean,
0: I didn't know that idea as well when I was younger, but um, as I grew older, I thought it's a really interesting concept to have a being separated into two entities, the the dark and the light aspect of them. Um, I remember reading somewhere that the Skeksis, which is the darker half of them, uh, were seen as beings of pure selfishness. Yes. So they're all selfish for specific reasons, and I thought that was a really interesting concept, and the mystics were more the selfless, ones. Mm. Um,
1: and you have the and they're the direct parallel. So each one they're in pairs. Yes. And that's why, you know, when one of them dies yes, or yeah. the other one disappears. And I remember in the film always being so um so sad watching the mystics the, gradually I disappear.
0: I mean there's one scene where um the uh, the scientists he gets um, the crystal, you know, they, they stab him in the hand with the crystal and the mystic, he goes, I oh, have yeah. my hand. Yeah. The mystic's hand starts to bleed and he goes, oh, my hand.
1: I oh, was <laughs> oh, you poor mystic. Because <laughs> on the one hand yeah. you're like, yes, yeah. get the
0: sketchy And then it's like,
1: oh, you poor mystic. Yeah. You know, so
0: you do feel yourself divided, which is really interesting when you think it's about it. It's a very
1: it. interesting way to approach. Yeah. Because normally, you know, it's traditional sort of get the bad guy. Mm. And, and, you know, we feel justified as the yes. good, the side of good using any means of... A violence to to rid the world of the bad guys, but mm. this introduces that complexity um, and makes you really think. Well, how far do you go if you know it's also hurting, mm. you know, the equal and opposite, the good guys?
0: Yeah, which I mean, I I absolutely loved it in the, in the original film, but I think as a child I didn't really understand that concept as you know thoroughly. I think when I watched this series they expanded that idea mm. a lot more, which I really love, you know, that, that whole duality. Um, yeah. And we can see, you know, humanity as being uh, very similar to, to the what are they call the earthskates, mm. this, this being who, who are divided into, uh, And so there are parts of us that we do hate and then there are other parts that we do love and, you know, that they sort of represent both sides of that. And I yeah. think that duality is really, really probably one of my favorite things about this world that you're watching and the Skeksis, I have to say are stuff of nightmares.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I um one of the thing the main things I remembered from the film that has never sort of left me was the trial by stone. <laughs> 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 um that I found that horrible to watch. Mm. Um, just the way the Skeksis turn on each other and that's that's made a lot of throughout this series as well. We yes. see a lot of the just sheer cruelty mm. of the Skeksis. And it's a glee in the cruelty because yeah. the rest of them get so excited to watch one of them being tortured. Well, they well, they're or, basically salivate,
0: you know, at the, the yeah. prospect, you know. Um, and,
1: it, and then laughing and then crying out and cheering and yes. cheering. And, and the humiliation
0: so, of Chamberlain at, the, at yeah. the end of The Trial by Stone. You know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so I found that um, because that that directly translates into our human world mm. of that sort of mob mentality, yes. um, group Attacks and things like that, and um, I really had a problem with that as a kid. I yeah. found that the most haunting aspect, I think, of the film. Well, I
0: mean, and you know, not not to denigrate any sports, but there are a lot of sports where we do cheer people beating each other up. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so it's not that far removed from our world, I think, mm. and I think it does a really good job critiquing our
1: Absolutely. world. Absolutely, um, I think result. that's what what makes fantasies like this so powerful. Um, the more removed and abstract they are sometimes it can be hard to relate to them yeah. But th- so there's a sweet spot with fantasy where it's distant enough that we're not constantly making those direct comparisons mm. and feeling attacked yes. <laughs> um, but we can engage in it in an imaginative way and mm. then think oh Hang on, <laughs> that's about us. we do the same thing. I think it's easier to make comparisons with someone else and say, "Oh, you know what? To be fair, hmm. we do the same thing." Rather yes. than have ourselves being directly critiqued.
0: Exactly. I mean, it, it was a, a realistic film, and they just put, I don't know, some sort of sporting event. People cheering. We probably would feel a little bit more. Um, I don't know, distant,
1: I guess, from yeah. the actual you know, yeah. film Unless itself. Unless it's The Mighty Ducks, another 80s <laughs> <Apes> classic. I <laughs> oh, yeah, you seem to be loving the 80s. <laughs> I, I, I do. do. <laughs> it was nostalgia central here at the moment.
0: Yes. Well, speaking of which, I mean, so you mentioned The Trial by Stone as your terrifying moments. For me, it was actually The, um, the Garden.
1: Oh, yeah, I was going to say, is, there, is oh, it the giant spider, monsters? spider, monster? Spider, <laughs> monster,
0: crab, cockroaches, mm. like all your nightmares... Combine into this one hideous creature who doesn't yeah. seem to have any sort of conscious mind. They're just machines built yeah. to to attack um, at, yeah. uh, at the scarcity's command.
1: Uh, and there's and, something about a giant spider. I mean, it, yeah. he's in Lord of the Rings. Yes. Did you watch Caravan of Courage, another 80s no. movie with the Ewoks?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I did watch the... Right, the so, media. yeah.
1: So, uh, huge spiders. I mm. think, again, that's the Harry scene Potter I remember kind of the most from that. that. <laughs> and Harry Potter. So, fantasy loves a giant spider. I know. <laughs> so I think that's... it's that ultimate embodiment of... Human sort of fear and phobia wrapped up into
0: one. Yeah, I mean it builds into something, and again, the series does play with that. Although interestingly, um, there's a duality here. So uh, sorry, we're going to give some spoilers away. (laughs) So for those who are not planning or haven't seen the entire series yet, it might be a good idea to pause now, watch the rest of the series, and then continue. With this yeah, particular so episode, because a good 10 hours. yeah, we're seeing a good ten <laughs> hours because we're going to be talking about we're going to give a lot of spoilers. Um, and one, I think, of the major spoilers is the uh, unexpected for me anyway, um, changing of the um, well, what are the, the spider beans called? The the, the arathen, mm. maybe, I think. Um,
1: their allegiance, yeah, their allegiance. Yeah.
0: You know, the, the way that they turned from being this embodiment of evil and of fear and everything yeah. that we loathe about spider, even to that uh, <laughs> um, that single conscious mind that they all have you know yeah a, what do they call we you know we are the ascendancy
1: yes <laughs> so i like i like that aspect um very much and uh, so they're they're not just these evil beings mm. they are um a, a tribe basically a clan of beings and an ancient just one. like everyone else and they are part of thra the skitsis mm. are not yes and so what they've basically done is being um they've been oppressed by the skitsis for so yes. long into service of them and then eventually um, through the you know talking with the Gelflings, they yeah. realize. Hang on, strengthen numbers. Let's align yeah. with these people instead. And I, I like that that they're a creature yes. capable of doing that. Yeah, uh,
0: and also I think there's a, a wonderful line um, which I'm going to forget her name. Uh, the, the 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 middle sister of the um, the Gelfling princesses, um, the one that ended up with one of the Arathen Phase. Oh, Tavra? Tavra, yes, yeah. that's it. God, you've got a much better memory than I do today. <laughs> uh, so, Tavra, I mean, I think there's a line there where she says, you know, um, we are not as um, different as you think mm. uh, we are. You know, we actually share, share a lot of very similar characteristics. Um, yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, idea that, you know, when their minds merged, they were actually able to see uh, how similar they are as opposed to how different they are because you know, they were basically enemies almost from the start and in fact the entire series introduced it with um, the the Arathom escaping Mm. and then it's like this uh, introducing these two mortal enemies so to speak and then we realise towards the end actually they've they become much closer, and I yeah. like that aspect of it. You know, the uh, that duality that keeps playing with.
1: Very much, yeah. You know, so, that, so it's creating this real zone of ambiguity between good and evil, and they are, I guess, this show constantly reiterating that they are impossible to separate. Yes, even at the level of the Skeksis versus the ultimate good, the Mystics.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, uh, and even to the extent that I suppose Thra itself represents the. the Everyone, mm. uh, there except for you know, the clicks who, who are alien beings. Yeah. But everybody returns to Thrust. Everybody yeah. returns to a, a same common place. Yes, yeah, and I thought that was a really lovely. Absolutely,
1: idea. It's, a, it's a gorgeous sort of spiritual, um, energetic sort of representation of consciousness and life yeah. energy and Earth, um, which I really enjoyed.
0: Yeah, um, I think one of the things that I really, really loved. About the series, so we'll move on a little bit on to, to the actual series itself. And mm. one of the things I really loved about the series was the way that they expanded on the world of the Dark Crystal itself. Mm. You know, so for me, when I was watching um, the film as a child, I was fascinated by this world. I was fascinated by this idea of you know these these three suns aligning, yes. which is something yeah. very different. You know, you, um, when you think about fantasy world, you often think about medieval fantasy worlds. So yeah. something very similar to our world but just existing in the past and there was magic and other different creatures and stuff like that. But for the most part it's very similar to ours. Mm. This one almost borders on science fiction.
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: and I think it's it probably is halfway between science fiction and, and fantasy because it yeah. it is set in an unknown world yeah. in space.
1: Well, exactly, Somewhere. and there's some similarities with the whole suns thing to Tatooine from yes, Star Wars. Yes. So there's a lot. Um, again, it, it's very much of that era mm. of creating new worlds, other worlds, yes, you know, imagining these um, completely other spaces. Yes,
0: um, and I think for me, uh, the world of Thra is just absolutely fascinating because um, there is that duality you know, that, that we keep talking about, you know, mm. the, the dark and uh, and the light side and the light side is absolutely beautiful but the dark side is absolutely horrific as yes. well you know there are Very dark. swamp creatures who are again stuffed with nightmares mm. you know I remember in the film when Jen fell into a swamp this huge—I don't even know what you would describe it—worm-like thing,
1: yeah, you
0: know, pops out of it to in a way help him get out of the swamp. Yeah.
1: Again, there's, swamps are a big thing in eighties and seventies no, fantasy. Never-ending the, the, the the story. The Never-ending story. <laughs> Star Wars. Got, yes, it, there are yes. a lot of swamps. <laughs> I know. I mean,
0: we can make this connection between yeah, all these worlds. Yeah,
1: labyrinth as well. Is it like there's a lot going yeah. on? I, Princess Bride. Hey, what if Thrive's <laughs> is just
0: simply another world in the Star Wars universe? Oh
1: look, let, let's let's save that for another podcast. <laughs> <Save> <laughs> for another podcast. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, what did you like about this particular world?
1: Um, Okay. So, as well as my uh, sort of academic studies, uh, my other half of my being (laughs) is as an artist. Is this
0: the skexy or the mystic half? ooh, ooh, I don't know.
1: Maybe the mystic (laughs)
0: half.
1: (laughs) The good (laughs) half. Ask more students. (laughs) Um, So, my other sort of my other life is as an artist and illustrator, and so. A film like, uh, a film like the original and Mm. the TV series like this where they've just had so much more room to expand on this world Mm. and this sort of imaginary place, uh, is just really quite heaven to watch. And I would, I would even possibly recommend before, if anyone hasn't yet watched the series and wants to, um, either before or after, but I would maybe suggest watching before the, um, it's also on Netflix, The Making of. Mm. Now this is beautiful because it goes into obviously all the behind the scenes of how it was made. And I love a good making of. Yes, I always watch too. the DVD <laughs> specials <laughs> on too. any kind of movie. Um, because I find the craft amazing. But mm-hmm. I think it's it's essential yes. for a show like this to appreciate what's going on is to look at the sheer scale, the vast scale um, of the individual craft. It's incredibly detailed. Mm-hmm. Everything was made for the film. And a lot of it's handmade. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're dealing with puppets. Um, but I think, I don't know that many people will realise the extent to which yeah, um, you know too. we're dealing with puppetry in this, and how it's managed, and the way it's subtly blended with um, you know visual effects, things like mm-hmm. that. I think it's utterly incredible. Um, that just gave me a whole new appreciation. I, I loved it watching it. The, the mm. world is ab- absolutely stunning. Um, those beautiful landscapes. Yeah, uh, they're possibly my favourite. Well, I mean, it's it's
0: so hard. Yeah, I mean, so hard to tell between which was actually. Real or was the entire world yes. actually you know built yeah. for that, or, or did they film on location? Yeah. What did they actually do? I mean, I remember the original series and revisiting the original film. Sorry, uh, revisiting it, I was just. Stunned by how spectacular it looked, yeah. and how well the puppetry has actually survived. You yes. you look at a lot of the special effects from the eighties, and they're horrible. Yeah, <laughs> they're like laser things, yeah. and the green screen is so obvious. It's, it's exactly yeah, it's so. Really, there's a
1: real datedness to technology because yeah. it's advancing so quickly. But puppetry—it's one of the oldest art forms.
0: It is, and it, it survives theater. so well. It
1: does, and I think because, because there's something about having um, a tactile—it's mm. it's an actor essentially. Yes. It's Actors. And you've got actual cameras looking mm-hmm. at an actual thing with actual light bouncing off it yes. and creating that shadows and movement that I just don't think is as, or I don't think it can be replicated yet, even with our current technology. No, I don't think it's quite Because reputable. there's something
0: uncanny about the way that the computer does it. It feels yeah, really artificial. too
1: perfect yeah. in a way. You need to have those imperfections. Yeah.
0: I mean, I remember, I don't know why this scene, like when you were talking about puppetry, this scene always pops into my mind. It's from the film, uh, and it was a scene of, I've forgotten his name now, the, the one who becomes the emperor, uh, well, the Skeksi who becomes the emperor. It's when he sneers and <laughs> you see just the, 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 corner of his mouth just move up yeah. a little bit like that, that and showing his teeth, like it's almost like a snarl. Yes. And I, I just thought sort it of went, that kind of attention to detail that they well, do with the puppetry amazing. is just fantastic you know yeah. uh, and really gives it um, it allows your imagination to go absolutely wild
1: you know? it does yes yeah.
0: so, so you can really um Immerse yourself into this world because yeah. they, they put so much attention um, to the finer details of things that you've been mm. like. Okay, I, I kind of like that. I mean, even little things like uh, one of my favourite characters is Fiskig. Me too. Uh, yes, you know, He's
1: my like, current Netflix profile picture. <laughs>
0: did you get a little bit uh, of a detour here, but um, did you watch uh, on YouTube they had a special of Geek's uh, symphony.
1: Oh no, so they have, I didn't know about that. Yeah, that. Yeah, they
0: have, uh, it's, yeah, watch it, uh, go on, uh, go on <laughs> YouTube and see it. Um, so it's just a, a three little m- uh, minute clip of, I think, four FizzGigs gigs doing a symphonic re- rendition of the theme. So, so they're just <laughs> going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it's very cute. Um, but one of the things I loved about the FizzGig gig, and one of those little details that you kind of have to look closely at is... This Geek actually has a double mouth. So inside his mouth, there's another little tiny yeah. mouth in there. And that kind of detail, I just absolutely love. because yeah. it, it means that you know whoever has made it has put a lot of thought into the craft of, of, of this particular oh, thing. Oh,
1: exactly. And this is, I think, one of the things I loved and why I recommend watching this documentary because it does give you a behind-the-scenes uh, insight into the people that are otherwise invisible in a film mm-hmm. like this. So We watch the end result. Yeah. But um, obviously, you know... You could you could times the amount of hours we're spent watching it, you times that by thousands because of, of how much work has, has gone into the behind the scenes of this. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things I love the most is the is like you were saying, the sheer detail in the artistry of it. Mm-hmm. And we owe a lot of that to Brian Froud, who's still um working. So um, for those who don't know, Brian Froud is a British um fantasy artist, um, and he worked on the originals with Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. And so Brian Froud's really responsible for the look. Of it, mm. all the lines, the, the sort of Celtic influence, are smooth flowing yes. and curving. Um, mm-hmm. so that's all Brian Froud. And so what he comes up with all of the the details of all of these creatures and the plants and the, mm. um, you know, the world. And then we have, um, the, the sculptors coming in and kind of, and his son, Toby Froud, was, is, oh. um, you know, working there as well and his wife, Wendy Froud. Oh, that's they, actually, affair. they, I think, I believe they met on the set of the original. Oh, how nice. Um, yeah. And then, you know, they worked again together on Labyrinth. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, and, and Toby Froud, their son, yeah. is the baby from Labyrinth.
0: Oh, is he? Yeah. If, if you didn't
1: know. <laughs> oh <my> God, no, <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. So, so that's what's beautiful about this. It's a real family affair. Mm. It has the Froud stamp all over it mm. um, and so there's that real authenticity because you've got the same people mm. working and obviously the Henson um, family Jim Henson no longer with us but yeah. his daughters you know so this whole yeah, producing yeah. exactly so um, we've really got um, a continuation I think and, of that original spirit and feel yeah. and the same people yeah
0: I was going to say and I think you can tell because you know when I was watching the series I thought um, the people who did this have nothing but respect for the original yes because they just uh, they know it very well and they don't want to tamper with anything they just want to build on an existing world
1: exactly it's not a reboot in the sense of no. let's redo it let's make it different let's do this yeah. it's it's let's expand it's a on what we've in got yeah. exactly and it's very faithful right. in that sense
0: yeah I mean but it's an unusual continuation because in a way it's, well, it is a prequel yes. you know, rather than um, a, a sequel such. and I think one of the things we learn from this one um, the only I think major change that I can think of um, although I'd have to watch the film again to see whether this is as much of a major change as I seem to remember, is the um, the importance of Augura's character. Mm.
1: You
0: know, so I think in the series it's made it very clear that Augra is Thra itself. You know, like or, or whatever happens to Thra will happen to to Ogre. again. That duality
1: yeah. uh, mm.
0: occurring. So she's kind I, of
1: like a mother nature. In she a way. is. Yeah. You know, um,
0: and interestingly, I think uh, being mother nature, she has disappeared for. Several century before the 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 series starts, uh, and she's actually forgotten. She's lost her contact um, with with her other self, with with Throw itself. So uh, I think that's the only major change that I can think of, or. Um, diversion from, from the original, although Ogre was very important in she's, the original as yeah, well. Yeah, she's
1: very important in the original, but she goes back to being that sort of, that dusty state yeah. that's just almost a bit crazy, you know, yes. hard to interact with. <laughs> I
0: have to say, you know, Ogre is one of my favourite characters, you know, yeah. because she's so spunky, and she's so... For years. There's a wonderful line in, uh, in the series that I love where one of the, um, Aratham tries to control Augra. <laughs> and yes. she says, you know, you try to control Augra? Augra can't even control yes. Augra. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I love her. I absolutely yeah. love her. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think the world itself is amazing mm. in, in the kind of detail that they put into it. Um, and what I personally love about the series is the way that they've expanded on that world. Because when I finished watching the film, I thought, I wish I knew more about that world. I wish yeah. there was more, you know, that I can find out about that world. You know, mm. where did this come from? Why did this happen? Yeah. And so on and so forth. And for those who have those same questions, I think this series will answer a lot, not all, but a lot of the questions yeah. that you may have in a really interesting way for me. You know, for, so it wasn't a dumbed down or expected way. So I think they, um, they stay true to some of the surprises that the film had so one of the things I really loved with the film was that I just really had no idea where it was going for the most part mm. it had a fairly basic narrative in terms of you know that, that hero's journey the sort of, yeah. quest yeah. narrative but in terms of the characters and what they would do and, and death you know, it's one yeah. of the things that you don't often see in a lot of children's uh, film, uh, death being depicted so openly and readily, but mm. the Dark Crystal certainly does that. And the series again adopts that idea of, um, the, the, the death is actually very, very common. Uh, yeah. and you know, again, and inevitable. An yeah. and, inevitable. Um, and a lot of major characters die in, in this particular series as well. So I love that, um, expansion of, of that existing world itself. Mm. Um, in terms of the actual story, how, how did you find? the story about of, of the series itself
1: um i liked it mm. um so they've obviously taken their time and the space they've really made the most of um having a tv series mm. as opposed to a film yes um that said it, it is it is quite indulgent in its time to you know <laughs> uh, some people may feel that it could have been condensed into you know maybe a lord of the rings length film <laughs> series or something but um which to be fair is not that much shorter um, no. but especially extended edition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly um, but there there is so it does take its time mm. um, but part of that allows you to really get a feel for the characters and just sort of sit in the world for a moment which is something we don't yes. often get with movies yeah. um, you know this is one of the things I didn't like as much about um, Harry Potter being translated into the films yeah. was that we miss a lot of what it feels like to just sit in the world yes um, this one allows you to do that I think there's a lot of just the background scenes mm. there's a lot of just watching people move through the space mm. without necessarily much plot development happening yes
0: yeah I mean I actually really like that aspect of it I mean one of the things I love about film and recently with a lot of series as well, because a lot of series have now become much more cinematic in nature is uh, the, the type of film that allows you space to breathe, I guess, is, mm. is the way I would phrase it, you know, allow you a chance to just immerse yourself into that world and almost be forgotten in that world. One of the reasons I really love fantasy is the ability to escape into that world, explore that world you know, yeah. with your mind. And so I have to confess I did binge this series over two days, so that's basically five hours yeah. uh, every day. And that, one of the reasons I love binging is because that's what I can do.
1: It's that utter immersion. Yeah, that yeah. utter
0: immersion. You know, So I feel as if I knew every corner of this world. I feel yeah. as if I knew you know, a lot of the characters. And I felt very invested then yeah. in a lot of the characters. So for me, um, one of the things that I really loved about revisiting this world, things that I didn't think I actually would, were some of the new characters created for this world, so you know, it's great yep. to see Orgre again, which you know, yeah. I absolutely loved. <laughs> and it's great to see some of those skeksis, especially Chamberlain, who, you know, who everybody remembers because she, it, I never know with skeksis whether they're male or female.
1: Yes, so yeah, but was, they made that a bit more clear in this. Yeah, I in think this they, one, yeah. they introduced some more obvious gender stereotyping to make sure we knew he, who was who. Yeah,
0: um, but Chamberlain, I'm still not quite sure about. You know, I always refer to Chamberlain as a he. Yeah, but too. But he can Be androgynous enough to be a she as well, and no. to be fair, we, we don't really know whether the earth Skeks even have genders, you know, it's not something that um, is discussed as often. Yeah, um, and you could even look at it in terms of uh, the splitting of the skeksis and, and the mystics as a splitting of the gender itself. So, I mean, that's one way that I think you could approach it from that perspective. Um, but for me, the, the really interesting. Uh, new characters uh, characters who I just didn't think I would like as much because yeah. I thought, oh, introduction of new Skeksis and new mystics <laughs> yeah. um, but I was really surprised at how much I loved the heretic, the yes. Skeksis
1: yeah.
0: uh, and his counterpart, whose name completely eludes me now um, yeah. er, something uh, I, I love this introduction of a Skeksis who is yeah. in a way
1: good well, yeah. So, yeah, because and, and both of them were different. So, Ergo is, is yeah. the, um, you know, the mystic counterpart to the heretic. Mm. Um, so, they're both different because, um, you know, the mystics are sort of just very removed. Yes. Um, and they're just happy to await their fate and see what happens. Yeah. Um, whereas this one prefers to sort of get They're very get stoic involved. in a way, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So this one wants to get involved, and obviously the heretic um, sketchy, uh differs from the others in wanting to reunite. So both of them have that yes. desire to reconnect yes. um, with each other, and they speak of each other as if it's themselves. Yes. I'm here with my other self. I know. And there's <laughs> the, well,
0: well, there's that beautiful scene where they talk about reconnecting, and the two of them embrace. Yeah. Um, and this, uh, and it's, it's like this unity of the, yeah, of the two, was beautiful which is sure. absolutely beautiful. And on yeah. top of that, you know, there's a there's a lot of I think references in, in the series that if you watch the film. You absolutely love, yeah. um, and in this one, there's a there's a reference to puppetry itself because they, yes, they use puppetry they to, use, yeah, to, a to very tell this very world within you know? world situation, um, the, and it, that's
1: actually using finger puppets rather yes, than a hand puppet. Exactly. So if you, again, if you watch the behind the scenes, you'll mm-hmm. see how they did that using a world-renowned. Um, Finger uh, puppet well. artist who does um, puppetry's and videos on YouTube. Mm. Um, so they've brought in all of these experts from everywhere to create these situations. Well, yeah, it's
0: like puppets and of puppets. Exactly. And <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, and, and there was a reference then to in the film the um, the trek of the, the mystics towards the castle yes. as they head yes. towards you know. There's that beautiful shot which I always remember from the original film. Um, mm, it's too. almost like a silhouette yes, of, of the mystics walking up that hill. Walking up that yeah. hill, and you see that you know referenced in in this. Puppet.
1: Yes, scene. I liked that.
0: Yeah, I absolutely loved it, and I thought the introduction of um, the heretic as a new Skeksis figure mm. is really, really fascinating because you always associate skexies with evil.
1: Pure evil. And Pure and evil
0: grotesque. Angry, and he angry. was quite
1: nice. He had his sort of yeah. and, face and was, going he was, on. And <laughs> yeah, he was
0: surprisingly lovable. Yeah.
1: He, but, he still had his impatience yeah, towards yeah, his oh, um, you know, but I love that because in
0: a ways he's impatient with himself. Yes, <laughs> you know, exactly. Just <laughs> say it,
1: like a fancy out just voiced <laughs> just, 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 <laughs> <yes>, um, by Andy Sandbox. Yes, by the way. Yes, and
0: Bill the the mystic Counterpart. Yeah, I thought they they
1: were they were really good.
0: Yeah, and I love that it plays with the duality in ways that we don't expect as mm. well. You know, I think the entire series what it really understood about the film was that um, it tries to explore ideas of duality mm. and the series does that really well and I think the, uh, the introduction of the heretic kind of embodies that idea yeah. The other one that also really embodies that idea and for me was a surprisingly emotional scene was the archer. Yes, um, the
1: archer and the hunter, hunter. Yeah. Yes,
0: uh, as extreme versions yes. of each other you know, they're both um, athletic uh, and the most athletic of their own
1: kind. <laughs> as, 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 a can be, get, as a mystic <laughs> <laughs> and mystic, still slow. Yeah, I suppose uh, archery is his weapon then. That's yeah, good. Uh, you can exactly. Just sort of you just launch an arrow and wait for it to hit.
0: <laughs> exactly, you know, and, and it's perfect. Uh, and. um for The hunter, you know, the hunt is all, yes. all that matters, you know. So, he's also a really unusual character in that he's not entirely evil in the way that we see evil, yeah. and in fact, he actually reprimands um, the other Skeksis, saying that you guys, you know, obsess over your power stuff, you know, who cares? None of yeah. that's important, only the hunt is important. Mm. So, he's almost amoral in, in his approaches, I mean, he only cares about the hunt, mm. about what he loves, uh, which for me. Perfectly embodies what the Skeksis really represent, you know, yeah. that idea of selfishness. Mm. So it's not necessarily that they're selfish, um, the selfishness leads to evil, but selfishness often does because you're only thinking about what you want yeah. as opposed to what everybody else wants. And so the Skeksis then represents evil because they only, uh, what they want is power and, you know, um, uh, position and you know all, all those superficial things that really doesn't really matter in the long run mm. uh, but what the heretic wants is unity you know yes. so he's selfish about unity about you know going back to the way it was uh, and what the hunter wants is the hunt mm. and so he's selfish about wanting that aspect of it so I thought it's a really interesting development in the way that we can see the Skexies, you know as a would you call them a race or, or is yeah. it splitting off of the race itself yeah. you know?
1: I thought that was really well done Um, I, I like that yeah that there were those new elements that are lovely and mm. I like the um the authenticity when we have characters that were so central to the film like Chamberlain mm. I think he's done very well yes. in this one and, and kudos
0: think, to Simon Pegg because I didn't even recognise his, his voice absolutely. as Chamberlain I just thought it was the original yeah. Chamberlain I thought it was so good
1: yeah and, and especially I think kudos to the puppeteers working the mm. puppet there so we've got Two people inside his body. Mm. One of them working the head. Yes. and other people moving around. Um, they were talking in that behind-the-scenes documentary about how they've actually specifically tried to mimic the puppetry style of Frank Oz, who was doing the mm. original. Mm. Um, and you get that that sort of sneaky movement of his head. Yes. That's so characteristic of his character. Mm. And then it's Simon Peaks done a wonderful voice of um, voice acting job there mm. to mimic that as well. So I we. He was just almost lifted straight out of the film and into yeah. this, you know, there were, I don't think there was a difference there no. in the way they'd done that character, which was a beautiful way to um, really solidify that sense of continuity, mm. and that was just so effective, because yeah. he's one of the most duplicitous, he manipulative is. characters. He is.
0: He's, is. So, I mean,
1: you love and hate him at the exactly. same time. He's because such he's a such, central character. He's so central, yeah. um, and
0: he was in, in the film as well, Exactly. Certainly. so that's why, in a way, he and Aura, are the two that yes. links to the, the film and the series, you know, to each other, and uh, and again, the the person who did Augura's voice did such a fabulous job that you know, uh, she seemed almost to be the, the, the original Aughra yeah. herself. So it, it's great to have that continuity
1: uh, between between those two characters. Yeah. And those are the two characters that, or Mother Aughra sort of has her tricks that she plays as well. Yes. Um, you know, relies on ambiguity a little bit. Oh, I the scientist as well. I I was yeah, forgets
0: about the scientist. You know, it, yeah. <laughs> he plays a much bigger part in in this.
1: Yes, because this is setting up the sort of what happens in the film. So this is all the, the, you know, the lead up to that. Um, So he's got his sort of central role that he has to play with the development of the technology. Mm -hmm. But Mother Orca sort of makes some wry comments about that. Ooh, spinning (laughs) chairs now, fancy. (laughs) (laughs) We have some sort of, um, again, a level of metafictive enjoyment in the creation of the world itself.
0: And I think that's what the series does particularly well. It it does pay homage to the original film and those who love it will pick up a lot of reference um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of, Uh, I suppose, in a way, um, foreshadowing of of things to come. So my guess, and this is only a guess, but I'm I'm thinking that Kira is probably the the child of Deet um, or something to that effect anyway, Um, and... Jen would be the child of, oh dear God, what's his name? <laughs> the main guy. Rianne. Rianne, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and, and maybe it does Ria. seem like that. It does look like Rian. Um, mm. Yeah, I was wondering what was going to happen with Deet. Uh, yeah. Ending. And so, again, spoiler alerts if you haven't seen it, please yes. do go watch it. Um, It just seems like she's heading off into that sort of space of death and she's, she, she she does she's the bit. by the dark and, yes. and it's really interesting.
0: Yes, but she also has the, uh, the premonition of her holding a child.
1: Right, yes. yes. And and obviously her sort of nature connection yeah, and nature connection and speak Kira's with animals. Knowledge. exactly. Um, so and there's even the that reference yeah. to her
0: learning how to call the... Um,
1: the Landstriders. The
0: Landstriders, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible with names. <laughs> I'm just there making little puppetry things and Kirsten's just guessing. <laughs> just fill
1: in the blanks. <laughs> just fill in the blanks. The Landstriders. Yeah,
0: um, and you know, Kira, that's one of the yes. things we remember about Kira. She just basically calls the striders. Yes. Um, and uh, in this one, Deet learns... Yeah, um, how to do that, she's like, yeah. Oh, you can call them from you her can... own Mordra, yeah, from her own Mordra. Yeah, um,
1: that is something I really liked about this as well. Um, obviously, yes. you know, it's a matriarchal society, we have seven clans, yes. each of them ruled by a Mordra, so it's like a queen, and then one of them is the All Mordra. Mm. But I like, have lovely, to say, by Helena Bonham Carter. yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I have to, um, what I like the most about this, I think, is that it sets up kind of so the things are kind of meant to be the natural rulers, as mm. we assume, yes. But within that, we have a critique of this natural kind of um, class system as mm, well. So yes. initially, you know, the um, the Vapra yes. clan are meant to—they're considered generally the first, the oldest, the smartest, the most beautiful. Yes. You know, and they're they're in the, the north. They've got, mean, the it, so yeah. got the pale skin. So we've got a very sort of European yes. analogy going mm. on here. And then <laughs> there is one part that I was questioning, <laughs> which was their attitude to the Podlings, which are ah. considered almost like a lesser class. Yes. They speak their own language, which is left untranslated mm. in the subtitles, for example. it just said speaking they, podling language. Yeah, so but they do
0: switch to English. They
1: have to learn to speak English, but yes. the girls don't speak podling. No, I don't. So know. we have this class system working and slavery
0: too. I mean, exactly. even, veterans, even the Skeksis sort of says, you know, I'll bring your yeah. servants along. And
1: they call them slaves call them as slaves, well. Yeah. So the Podlings serve the Girlflings as well. Mm-hmm. The Girlflings, when um, Brea is sentenced to do basically community service yes. work, so the Order of Lesser Service, that, that was so and they go into the Podling Village and they say, you know, there's nothing more dirty, um, in, on, in Thra than a podling. Like and so they have to go in and as community service, they have to forcibly hmm. bathe these podlings. And these podlings do not want to be bathed. No, They're they happy don't. in the dirt. Yeah. I don't see why they shouldn't be able to be left in the dirt. Um, they love it. And, and so, let them, I'm <laughs> like, let them be. This is so imperialist and awful. And I think, so that wasn't completely critiqued mm. by the film. The film kind of sets that up as something funny. Yeah. But um, at the same time, the idea of the clans themselves having hierarchy yes. is critiqued. Yes. And obviously the lesson Brea has to learn is that there is no hierarchy. Mm. There shouldn't really be an all Mordra. Mm. It's the seven clans need to come together. This is the whole premise yes. of the show. They need to come together and work as one. This whole mm. unity, this going yes. back to which, unity. Which is a lesson
0: that uh, the heretic Yes. put there, you know, for, for them to learn. So that's really yeah. interesting that's actually coming from uh, Skeksis, yes. you know, that, that they've uh, split up this class system, which they've strangely created. Although there is suggestion, I think, that the other Skeksis may have created this class division um, yes, to divide them so that, to yeah, the, 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 so they distrust each other. Exactly. And that's, this is
1: what, what makes it such a beautiful, um, analogy of our mm. current political world. Um, this idea that by creating, sowing the seeds of distrust among yes. different clans and they focus on their differences more than their similarities mm. keeps them so busy fighting each other and squabbling amongst each other that they don't realize the real power mm. that is, you know, sucking the life out of them in this kind of vampiric way, literally eventually yeah. draining the essence out of the gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And,
0: and, um, oh, I'm going to forget her <laughs> name now was it celadon yeah yeah i mean her her character is in a way a warning for people who obey without thinking
1: exactly she
0: she is so you know oh the skeksis are a ruler they're all powerful and she would even sacrifice her own mother
1: she would say yes her own mother her sister she renounces her sister um she's even willing to knowing what's going to happen to the gelfling she's willing to sacrifice a few to maintain the status quo yeah because she says um, basically your choice is order or chaos. Yeah. Order under the thumb of the skeptics, but it's life as we know it and have yeah. enjoyed it so far. Mm. Or, you know, a rebellion, but that yeah. equals chaos. Yeah. And I think that's a really common discourse that is used today, especially with this whole, you know, right-wing people <laughs> yes. love to sow that, <laughs> that idea that any kind of shaking of the system, any questioning mm-hmm. is just going to ruin everything. Everything's going to come apart. It's going to be chaos. The exactly. world will fall apart. So we can't do it. Just toe the line. Yeah. And obviously it's always people with a certain level of privilege mm. that say that. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. I guess which Celadon from. has that privilege, mm. you know, she's not going to be, yeah. which, which
0: the All does, does mention, you know, these privileges that we, we, we yes. have, you know, come at a price. Yeah. And, we, and, and, and the price is to, Put up with the sexy's rule. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh, and, and treat
0: them as our superior. Yeah. And, and pay and the hiding
1: and everything tithing. like oh, that. Yeah. So I thought that was at, at the level of sort of political analogy. I thought that worked.
0: Yeah. Well. I thought that worked really well. I mean, and, and going back to the whole plot and thing, I think they probably did try to have a little bit more of a balance with that with the introduction of the character of Hub.
1: Hub um, was lovely. Love. <laughs> but then it's significant, I think, that, um, the only sort of close friendship he makes initially is with Deed, and Deet Jeez. doesn't know any better because no. she's, you know, yeah. a Groton. Yeah. So she's from and underground, she's and she side. herself is considered dirty and disgusting, yes, yes. and almost mythical because yeah. they think her clan has died out. Mm. They haven't been seen in in how many trine, which yeah, is a, a yeah, lovely yeah. word okay. for you know their annual sort of. Um, so I, I thought I mean, that. And she's
0: worked. so, I mean, their, their race is so low that they're actually under the ground. Literally, so under hot, literally the gra- the ground. Yeah,
1: exactly. So she doesn't know any better. And mm. she's, um, she's got that real, and again, uh, like Avatar is a big influence on yes. this, I think. So yeah. we've got, um, she's got that real kind of Avatar-esque connection with yeah. the, um, that, That's right, the tree right. as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, that speaks oh, to that her. Tree. Yeah. So we've got that real spiritual connection with, with, with nature yes. and including all the, the creatures of nature. So mm. she just sees Hub as another being.
0: Yeah. But, um, which mean, is which yeah. is nice, but it also
1: was, allows her to avoid the kind of prejudice that the other Gelflings have. Yeah,
0: and and she sees the prejudice and she experiences the prejudice yes. the other Gelflings um, have as well. I suppose my my problem with Hub, which I thought was a little bit on the nose, was he's represented almost like an ethnic character.
1: That's what I have a slight issue with. As yeah, like, again, this can, his language, the Gelfling yeah. language, is left untranslated. I yeah. found. Well, a he little... seems almost
0: Italian to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's there's a marked difference there, mm. but it's treated because it's treated as comedy. Mm. They run into some potentially dangerous territory there, yes. I think, in in potentially stereotyping yeah. non Western cultures, because clearly mm. we're meant to sort of consider the Gelflings as some mm. kind of an analogy of of. Humanity, humanity, but from yeah. it's from a Western perspective mm. specifically.
0: Yeah, uh, and very telling enough. The the clans of the Gelfling who represent more um, foreign or yeah. um, you know, ethnic races mm. don't give a don't get a very big part.
1: The Dusan, I was yes. going to say. So the desert ones, they are really interesting. They <laughs> were my favorite. I know. They're beautiful face yes. painting. They're so. But the, again. Uh, like, it, it, one of the most beautiful things about them, I think, was their mystery and their mm. mystique. They were just so beautiful. Mm. But again, in a way, that itself is kind of, again, that kind of oriental stereotype yeah. of the mysterious other. Exoticism. Yes. yes. Yeah. And so I, I actually wanted to know a lot more about them, and I'm hoping that maybe, that if you know, second series yeah. will develop Expand them a that. lot more because they I think with their focus on death as well yes i found that very interesting in mm. a, from a philosophical sort of standpoint mm. and i think that speaks well to you know the mystics and the skexies skexies are driven by their existential fear of, of death, death yeah. and of what happens afterwards because mm. they you know it's considered like what happens when the dream ends? Yes. Uh, one of the mystics actually says that. Let's find out what happens when the dream ends. Yes. Because like that's the archer as he's archer. sacrificing himself. Oh. And, and that it's scene so is sad. one of the most
0: devastating scene. Yeah. But also one of the most beautiful scenes too because, you know, in that scene you get to see um, the, the, the selfish and the selfless interacting yeah. you know, perfectly together because the archer knows that the only way to stop his other half is to kill you know, himself yeah. in the process and, and therefore end that uh, and any that then really rebirth Mother Olga mm. at the same time too yeah. so I think look in terms of ideas I think this series explores a lot of really fantastic ideas and explores them very very well yeah. I think there's certainly a lot of Problems, uh, inherent problems, you know, some of those racial problems that, mm. that that we talk about, which I'm not 100 percent sure the the makers are aware of.
1: No, and again, again, if you look at the um, behind the scenes, uh, mm. it sort of talks about the introduction of that scene where they wash the podlings. It's yes. just thrown out as an idea, and then it kind of developed. Um, you know, so but it kind of racial implications. Just, yeah, that's the mm. thing. Um, these things evolve, and that's fine. They might have sort of innocent origins, but mm. nevertheless, the finished product. Puts out, you know, uh, or suggests invites us to make certain meanings. Yeah. Um, so you know,
0: and and I think you know, it's, it's also a product of our world. We can't help but escape our world, right. And this this series does reflect yeah. our world and some of the issues very much, and consciously and... so, consciously I so. Think, yeah. And so
1: it, it's, I think it would be naive to say, oh well, look, it's all just meant to be a fantasy world. Mm shut up about it. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> no. That's not true. Probably. No. I the mean, reason we connect with it so yeah. much is because we see parts of ourselves yeah. in it.
0: And there's so much politics in, in this particular series that I think it would yes. be hard to ignore you know the kind of parallel that we invited exactly to, to see. Um, yeah, and I think if we do, then we're, we're taking a very naive reading
1: absolutely uh, of the series yeah. itself.
0: Well, surprisingly, we've actually run out of time completely. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you, Kirsten, for for joining us today and uh, for allowing me to indulge in, in my love of the, the Dark Crystal and all nice things dark oh, yeah. and twisted. Um yeah, <laughs> oh, absolute pleasure. So, uh, if you like us, please just rate and review us on Apple uh, iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, uh, and I'm, I'll guarantee. We'll be back next week. All right, bye.